Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff After Hours Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon. I'm a retired 27-year veteran of the NYPD. I retired as a sergeant at a Manhattan North Homicide Squad. And on this rainy Memorial Day weekend, we think of all the veterans that we've lost and all the people that are still serving this country. And I'd like to acknowledge some of the veterans that appeared on this show. And of course, Christopher Strom with the great book From Brooklyn to Baghdad. Joe Lisi, who even though he's an accomplished NYPD captain, a fantastic actor, still lists on his resume one of the top things in his life was to be a U.S. Marine. Incredible. You know, we just have to... Dr. Jason Piccolo, who was just on the show the other night, U.S. Army veteran. Sergeant Don Young, street crime unit. Amazing career afterwards in Afghanistan, Iraq. He's been all over the place. He's been in all the hot spots of the world. I'd just like to shout out to him and to his service. Dr. Darren Porcher, a U.S. Army veteran. Detective Stephen DeShavi of the, he worked it with me in Manhattan North Homicide Squad. He's now famous on a TV show called The Dead Files. And of course, Sergeant Tommy Kennedy, an NYPD veteran, but who also served uh, as a contractor in, in Iraq. Amazing. I just want to shout out. And you know something? I know that I've missed some people that were on our show that are veterans. I apologize. I couldn't uh, list everyone. However, we really want to shout out to the veterans on this Memorial Day. There's the, uh, the flags and the, the um, memorializing this day of what we really should be thinking about uh, or our veterans and how they keep us safe and keep our country safe. Not, uh, not the politicians who like to bask in the limelight when there's success. One of the things I wanted to talk about this week, um, you know, there's, there's an election going on, obviously, a mayoral election. And um, these are some of the candidates right here, the, the Democratic candidates. And I believe there are two Republican candidates, Bill Pepitone, uh, who we had on the show, and Curtis Sliwa, who is an unknown public figure, Guardian Angels fame, and of course, uh, he's on the radio now. But most people suggest that one of these persons up here, one of these Democrats, is probably going to be the mayor. Um, many of them are from the progressive school of thought. And one of the things that scares me, and I'm just going to show you a couple of pictures. This was a gunfight that happened this week in broad daylight in my old precinct, the 2-4 precinct. This happened on 103rd Street, Amsterdam to Broadway. Two young uh, rocket scientists decided to have a gunfight during the day. And uh, so I called, I actually uh, called someone in the police department and asked if these two have been apprehended yet. And the, the answer was no. So they still remain unapprehended, which is a little bit scary. Uh, I'm going to try to share the screen here and show you um, this this little gunfight these guys decided to get into in in the middle of the day, and uh, I'm I'm going to play it for you now. Shootout happened around 2 p.m. on Tuesday. Watch as the two take shots at each other while taking cover behind parked vehicles before both flee the scene. One got away in an electric scooter. My God, Jesus. 
This couple who lives in the area said they heard the moment shots rang out. I was in this building. I see about four or five police there, you know, but uh, over there, he got police too. This longtime resident said he's concerned for his safety. I can't, I'm, I'm in shock right now that that happened right here on my block. I mean, not until it hits home. So until it's in, on your block in your neighborhood, you hear about it in the news and you think you're immune. It happened between busy Broadway and Amsterdam Avenue. The shooting happened by an outdoor dining setup in broad daylight. It happened here on West 103rd Street, just across the street from where two teenagers were shot just a few weeks ago. That's when a 17 and 18 year old were shot back on May 2nd. The two teens told police they were walking down Amsterdam by the Frederick Douglass houses when a white sedan pulled up alongside them. The suspect got out of the vehicle and began firing shots. One victim was shot in the stomach, the other in the shoulder. Now another shooting, rattling residents' nerves. Oh my God. Wow, this don't make no sense. This man says his brother lives in the neighborhood. You know, you know, gotta give these kids, these young kids nowadays, something to do. That's sad. The NYPD says the suspects appear to be in their late teens or early 20s. One fled down Broadway, the other down 103rd. If you know anything, call Crime Stoppers. On the Upper West Side, I'm Cristian Benavides, PIX11 News. Well, as you could see, that's pretty distressing. Two o'clock in the afternoon. Two individuals decide they're going to have a little bit of a, a gunfight out on the street and with no concern for anyone but themselves. One of the scary things about this is that uh, obviously gun violence and gun crime is up tremendously right now in New York City. Uh, I think the statistics say here, here I'm going to put up a little January to May 2020, there were uh, 241 incidents of shootings. January to May in 2021, 448. I don't have the exact percentage of how much that's up, but it's obviously up a great deal from the year before. Um, yeah, I got some people in the chat. Scott, the Inquirer, my God, in broad daylight, I cannot even imagine. Yeah, in broad daylight. Uh, Jazzy Chaz, how are you? Jamie Pimatel, how are you? Uh, okay, uh, Bill, he, Jamie Pimatel advises me that Bill Pepitone is running for mayor as a conservative. Laura Daly, how are you? Pat Porteous, U.S. Navy, baby. <laughs> All right, I got a, I got a shout out to Detective Pat, a very popular uh, guest on this show, sometimes even a guest host. Detective Pat, uh, thank you for your service in the Navy. Make sure you swab those decks, all right? Thank you, Detective Pat. Getting back to the whole shooting thing, uh, a, an op-ed was written this week uh, by outgoing Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance. Thank God this guy's outgoing because he's clueless. He basically is blaming uh, the entire uptick in gun violence on the COVID pandemic. I mean, I don't know where these guys get their, their information, how they have the nerve. And he's also saying... Uh, blaming it on the obscene availability of guns via the iron pipeline that states connecting I-95 to New York City. Uh, law enforcement's deficit of trust, credibility, and clearance rates. All right, here he is, a guy who's not prosecuting cases. Again, let's blame it on the police again, Cy. That's why it's good that you're leaving. Go back to Seattle, 
where they like people like you. It, just out, outrageous. Deficit of trust. He doesn't mention uh, stop, question, and frisk, which has been demonized by the left. All right. He doesn't mention um, the war on police. The war on police being that the New York City Council, besides the national law on police, but the New York City Council with their diaphragm law has caused police to second guess themselves before they get involved in things. Um, qualified immunity, getting rid of qualified immunity. Cops now are even more suspect. And how about not even listing that they got rid of anti-crime? The number one gun unit in the city of New York, the number one unit on the street that takes away guns, and you're not going to mention that. Remember this little one in the Bronx? A guy shot and killed a man walking with his son? I mean, is, is that is that the police's fault? You know, too many crime scenes? How about just very recently in, in Times Square? A shooting in broad daylight. This was at 5 p.m. Uh, and, uh, you know, and he's, Cyrus Vance is also against um, broken windows style policing. And the guy who was arrested for this shooting, if we use broken window style policing, he wouldn't have been out on the street selling his CDs. He would have been arrested for the low level crime. But however, the progressives are against this style of, uh, of policing that they claim uh, targets a specific group of people over another group of people. What broken windows policing does is it targets the people who are committing the crimes, Mr. Vance. Um, Vance is a typical progressive. Uh, he's blaming the COVID thing. Of, you know, New Yorkers suffered anxiety and depression last year. And 50% um, of individuals in custody of the Department of Corrections suffer from mental illness, according to a recent report from the New York City Board of Corrections. And now these people that ordinarily would be in Rikers Island, they're in the subways now. That's where they're living and that's where they're applying their trades, Mr. Vance, in case you don't know that. He also lists, and this is another progressive policy, also lists he's a fierce opponent to efforts to require concealed carry reciprocity. So in essence, he's claiming that licensed gun owners are committing these crimes. It's not even close, but yet he's holding on to that. Um, he claims, of course, that he was one of the proponents of not processing and not prosecuting fair evasion, which the police always list as one of the biggest tools that was taken away from them. Uh, it's, look, it, it, it's a little bit crazy. Um, Anne M. Geeg, I have tried to sign many a petition online to support gun sense laws and gun reform safety laws, but I've been prevented from doing so. I'm a non-U.S. resident residing in Canada and fully support these measures being enacted as soon as possible, as well as enforce background checks measures enacted to prevent further gun violence. And I respect your opinion. However, we all, I think most people, are for um, background checks for guns. But however, that's, that's not really, that's not the problem. It's not background checks. It's illegal guns. And a lot of the uh, progressives... They, they don't believe that it's illegal guns. They, they you know, they want to ban licensed carry permits. 
uh, and which is ridiculous. I'd like to go over another article written by a, a, a excellent Manhattan district attorney who now is, I believe, in private practice. And his, his, his name is um, Chris Ryan. And uh, he wrote that the recent spike in gun violence has brought New York City to a genuine inflection point in criminal justice policy. It's not yet an existential crisis. While the statistics are bad, they do not point to an all-out loss of control of our streets like the 1980s and early 90s. But the decisions made by policymakers and voters over the next weeks will determine whether we risk losing control again. Now, what he cites in his article, which is exactly what the police department cites, is that a very small group of gangbangers are committing like 80 to 90% of the shootings. But you never see that in Cyrus Vance's article. He claims it's COVID, you know. Uh, I think that, in fact, there was a chief on the NYPD. Sorry, I can't commit all of this to memory. But Michael LaPetri, the police department's chief of crime control strategies, said in an interview a couple of weeks ago that conflicts and retaliation between groups of teenagers and young men continued to fuel much of the gun violence. He estimated that about three-fourths of the shootings contained a nexus to crews or youth gangs. Marcus Gonzalez Solo, who heads the mayor's office of criminal justice, placed a total closer to 40% and added that unrelated interpersonal conflicts among people who had no prior convictions had contributed heavily. I don't know where that he's getting that information. I mean, there's a chief from the police department who's from uh, crime control. He has all the access to the records to the shootings, to the investigations, to the detectives, DD5s. So I would expect his information to probably be a lot more accurate than Mr. Sola there, who has a uh, political agenda for the mayor. Melody McAtee, how are you? She says, sorry to say this, but let one of their loved ones get shot or killed and because of the jobs the police were doing, cannot do it anymore. What happens then? It tells me not to take a trip to New York, New York. You know, unfortunately, um, that's what happens. The businesses suffer. The night of the, the um, Times Square shooting, it happened at 5 p.m. There was a restaurant on 46th Street that had 46, excuse me, had 60 reservations canceled right after that shooting. 60 reservations could be 120 to 150 people that they lost coming into their restaurant, you know. Uh, Christopher Strom, Semper Fi, happy uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Christopher Strom writes, now we have the ATF nominee wanting to remove the rifles above 223 caliber. He's essentially taking away legal gun owners who have not committed any crime other than mere possession. You know, Chris, like you say, uh, this, uh, us Second Amendment people, we staunchly defend our rights to carry guns. And I don't think they've ever had a licensed gun owner commit a crime in New York City. But yet the progressives want to take the guns away from the law-abiding folks. And that, that makes no sense. But to, it makes sense to them, I guess, but it makes no sense to us. Uh you know, as as the uh, 
Chris Ryan said, the gun problem is with a small group of gangbangers. Sergeant Melinda, hey, finally a phone. phone. Missed you all so much. We missed you, Sergeant Melinda. And also, thank you for your military service on this Memorial Day weekend. You're the real deal. And anyone who, who has served in the military, I salute you. I'm sorry I couldn't list everyone. I can't remember everyone that's been on this show that served in the military, but police off the cuff, salute your service, especially all you Marines. I'm going to try to do my best. Hoorah! That's not bad for a non-Marine, but uh, I know you guys love, love to do that. I I worked with a, a, a buddy uh, detective, the late um, Tommy Clark, and uh, he, he was a Marine. And um, when we'd ride together in a car, he'd see another Marine across the street and he would he would give the I feel like take it easy there you know but I always found that I always laughed when he did that but it's almost like on the little rascals when they do that little he you know they do that little signal there to, to the he-man woman haters club and the little rascals I don't know I'm probably dating myself I'm too old that I know about that show but when Marines see each other they all, they all love to give that shout out hoorah that's right retired sergeant Melinda that's right um the Wall Street Journal also wrote an article um, this past week, and it was in regards to the subway crime, um, because we saw, we've seen a huge uptick in subway crime. In fact, we had that gentleman who was the subway hero that served uh, saved a woman from getting murdered, basically uh, murdered on the tracks, and. We had him on our show, and what a humble, great, great guy. I mean, it was just an incredible, incredible guy. In fact, I'm going to show you a little bit of an, of an interview with him. Uh, I'm going to play it right now. And, um... and screamed. A good Samaritan tells a harrowing story. He jumped in to help a woman who was being stabbed on a subway platform in Manhattan. This exclusive video of the attack. And any minute now, President Biden is expected to talk about the ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. We'll have his comments for you live. And good evening to you at six o'clock. I'm Liz Chow. And I'm Bill Ritter. We begin with more violence on the subway, the latest terrifying random attack. It happened last night. A 54-year-old woman stabbed by a stranger on the platform of the Union Square station. This time, a good Samaritan jumped into action and not only stopped the attack, but helped catch the knife-wielding man. That good Samaritan speaking exclusively at I would do for N.J. Burkett. He's live in Union Square for us. Newt. Right, Bill, random, senseless, and unprovoked. It's the kind of attack we've seen so many times here in New York City. The difference this time is we see it for ourselves because it's captured on surveillance video, along with an uncommon act of heroism that may have saved the victim's life. I knew somebody was in distress. I knew somebody was being attacked. Yeah, but you saw a knife. I saw a substantially sized knife, yes. And I heard a woman scream. And so that's enough for me. Sean Cottaboy says he acted on instinct. He was waiting for a train in the Union Square subway station last night when a woman was suddenly viciously attacked. This surveillance video was obtained exclusively by Eyewitness News tonight and shows the suspect walking toward the woman with a large knife in his right hand. She doesn't see him coming, and in an instant, he attacks her from behind, stabbing her in the back and chest. Sean doesn't hesitate and pounces on the man, desperately trying to stop the attack. And I just 
jumped him. I just tackled him, jumped on his back, and that took us down to the platform surface. I'm trying desperately to keep him down, face down, because I know that if he gets up or if he can turn on me and he has that knife, now I'm a potential victim. Bystanders will pile on, and in the struggle, the knife will slip onto the tracks. Responding officers arrive moments later and make the arrest. The victim would be rushed to Bellevue Hospital, expected to survive her injuries. And it could be someone else next. And if things continue on the way they are, it will be someone else next. It was the kind of random senseless attack that has plagued the transit system in recent weeks, leaving a trail of victims and untold numbers of New Yorkers riding the trains in fear or not at all. Despite the attacks, Mayor de Blasio continues to promise a safer system. We're going to turn this around. The most important thing to say is we're going to turn this around. I said the other day, recovery equals public safety and public safety equals recovery. I really believe it. Sean Conaboy isn't so sure. What's your defense? Your, your, your best defense is to not be there. But we all have lives to lead. We have jobs to go to. We have homes to go to. We have places to go to. If New York is going to reopen and expect people to go out to restaurants and, and theaters, you can't have this happen. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's a hero. We had him on our show and uh, he was just incredible, the humbleness of this man. And one of the things that I was very, very disappointed in was the fact that no one called this man from the city government, not the mayor, not the police commissioner, you know, no one, not the governor. Governor Cuomo is just as responsible for this subway crime as, as anyone else with this criminal justice reform. Not a single guy. So I'm saying, Sean Connerboy, from Police Off the Cuff and all of our followers, we salute you. You're a real hero. You're a New York hero. You're an American hero. And we salute you for saving that woman's life. You know, it's just it's just incredible um, when people talk about, and a lot of these folks that are running for mayor right now, a lot of them are from the defunding camp, uh, defund the police camp. Maya Wiley, uh, she's one of them. Uh, Diana Morales, they're all defund, defund people. They should just be disqualified for that position alone. Scott Stringer, you should be disqualified. You're another defunding the police person. Uh, the, the guy underneath um, Scott Stringer, I don't even know his name. He wants to take $3 billion away from the police department. You, you, you should leave the race also. No one like you should run. That's ridiculous for the safety of the people in this city. Uh, I'm amazed, you know. Uh, yeah, Juan Valdez says Sean Connerboy should get the key to the city. 100%. I absolutely agree with you, you know. And the other big part of all of this public safety stuff is, you know, as we mentioned before, the shootings. The shootings are up a crazy amount. There's the, uh, there's the little chart there. You could see... Um, it's got to be, they're up, I'm not a mathematician, but I would say it's close to 50% that they're up in a year. That is really, really unacceptable, that amount of shootings. Uh, you used to be able to, you know, hear the gunfire uh, in certain precincts just about every night, and it's coming back that way. So we hope that, um, we hope that whoever does get elected mayor 
and the Democratic um, mayoral nominee election is uh, June 22nd. So it's right around the corner. So we hope that whoever does get elected takes control of uh, public safety again, like it hasn't been for eight years under this mayor. I have to cut to a, a quick uh, commercial for a second. That's something has to pay for this stuff. Folks, if you're thinking of leaving New York City, New York State, because of the high taxes and you're looking for a place to live down south, say Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Carol Waters is a realtor. She, uh, she used to work as a bartender at the Fitzpatrick Hotel in Midtown for over 20 years. Her husband, Rob Mayen, was an NYPD officer who rolled over to the fire department. They both sell real estate now in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So if you want to buy real estate down there, give Carol Waters a call, 914-261-6681, or email her at carolwaterssellsmyrtlebeach at gmail.com. If you're looking for a good attorney, huge supporter of Police Off the Cuff, former member of the service, former police officer, former PBA boxer, Joe Murray. Joe Murray is an excellent attorney. And he's now he's got his own website, joe at jmurray-law.com. As I said, Joe's a huge supporter of Police Off the Cuff, so give him a call. Folks, I just, you know, I, I know mo most of the people that listen to this show, most of the people that are our fans, they don't necessarily live in New York City. I don't live in New York City. I live in a suburb outside of New York City. However, I'm very concerned with... Um, I'm very concerned with where New York City is going since I was a police officer, uh, sergeant for 27 years. And I was on the job during some of the worst times uh, in New York City history as far as crime. And you almost, you take it personally that you see crime going up. And I take it personally when the city council takes pot shots at the NYPD via the diaphragm law, getting rid of qualified immunity, um, demonizing stop, question, and frisk. And it's, it's politicians, if you listen to the show, it's called stop, question, and frisk. It's not called stop and frisk. The great Peter Pranzo of Harlem Raiders fame says Adams is the best of the worst. Talks about bringing back anti-crime and gun squads. Pete, you're absolutely right. I just worry that if he does, in fact, get the nomination, and if he does get elected, I worry that he backtracks and goes back to who he really is, and he was never a crime fighter himself. Sergeant Melinda said that L&D and other U.S. Hollywood stars received the two highest medals you can possibly receive, and this true hero didn't get a single call. What a bunch of wieners they are. I love that, Sergeant Melinda. You made it, it was so clean the way you said that. A bunch of wieners. I love it. MC's audio. Anti crime and street crime needs to return. Absolutely. Absolutely. They they do need to return. You know, I, I hate to say this, but uh, it doesn't look like in this term that either one of the, uh, well, I was just advised, Bill Pepitone. As a conservative candidate, great guy. We had him on a show. I love the guy. And Curtis Lee, who's running as a Republican, they don't seem like they have a chance against whoever gets the Democratic nomination. 
look, face it, New York City is a democratic town. And unless there's unbelievable situation where uh, the city's falling apart, uh, you're probably going to get a, um, a Democrat winning this election. But I, I, I get um, – hello, Rachella Pranzo. Rachella, I feel so bad for you today because I know you're Rachella, your grandma on the beach, and you can't be grandma on the beach today because of the weather. So hopefully, you know, maybe you'll get a nice day on Monday. Uh, Sergeant Melinda, isn't that the same politician who wants to defund the police but just called them because his point of view was broken into? Oh, yeah, well, per, oh, his personal vehicle. Yeah, the, that guy, I read that story too. That was like a national story. You know, do as I say, not as I do. When it becomes personal, people that are saying defund the police, all of a sudden they want the police when they need them, you know? Who are you going to call? Violence interrupters? Social workers? No, you're going to call the popo, right? The popo are always, what's the um, uh, the term the Marines use? Sempify. Always faithful, right? Uh, NYPD, the honor legion uses the uh, the Latin expression Fidelis ed mortem, and I'm definitely no Latin student, but that stands for faithful until death. And I, I believe all cops are faithful until death. Fidelis ed mortem, you know. It's funny, I just was talking to a another famous FBI undercover, and I wanted to book him on the show. I'm not going to tell you who he is, but he wrote to me on LinkedIn, and he said, I've been, I worked a joint task force with the NYPD. He goes, I'm on a legion since 1996. And I said to him, yeah, I'm on a legion since 1987. It felt so good to be able to say that, you know. I've been in it 87. Not that I wanted to, to brag about my age, but uh, Phil Grimaldi stopped by. Hey, Phil, Jamie Pimentel. Yes, Fidelis Ed Mortem, right? Faithful until death. So, folks, you know, it's um, unfortunately, you know, this is the Memorial Day weekend, and we should also always be thinking about our great service members and how they make us feel safe. And I, I include law enforcement first responders. Don't forget this September 11th is going to be the 20-year anniversary of 9-11. And I know uh, uh, Lieutenant Pete had to, had to one-up me. Honor Legion for me was 1977, a full 20 years uh, before the, that FBI agent and a full 10 years before me. So, Lieutenant Pete, Honor Legion since 1977. Fidelis Ed Mortem, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, Joey, anyway, Joey Brooklyn, that's right, never forget. So, I was talking about this September 11th is the 20-year anniversary. And I'm going to do a bunch of shows uh, memorializing the great first responders who responded and who we lost on 9-11. Um, and people who are still suffering to this day from their response at 9-11 for various diseases, cancer, asthma, all kinds of breathing diseases. Um, there's many of them, and uh, we're going to salute them in, in a bunch of shows. Um, retired Melinda says, I'll always have your six. Retire Sergeant Melinda, we appreciate that. Anyone could have the popos back. We always appreciate that. Uh Juan Valdez on a legion since 1987, too. Maybe you and I were inducted together. I don't know. You know, I, I it's funny. 
they send you that beautiful scroll and uh, that little honor legion pin. And I lost both of those things. I guess, you know, when I moved, I misplaced it. I should ask and see if I could uh, get it again. I'd, I'd have it put on one of those wooden backdrops and laminated and all that. But I was in 87. I was a little sloppier than I am now. I just threw it in a corner somewhere. And I didn't uh, give the document or that little pin the uh, respect that it deserved. Uh, so, folks, you know, I'm at 32 minutes now. Ryan, Bill Ryan, Ryan Investigative Group, thanks for stopping by. All you guys for stopping by. Uh, you know, let's keep uh, keep our eyes on um, our fellow brother officers out there. If you see a cop that needs your help, uh, you know, jump in. You're still, what's they say? Once a cop, always a cop. Uh, so think of all the people Juan Valdez put his on a plaque. I should have I should have done the same. I just uh, got a little crazy, you know. I didn't do it. But uh, let's always remember today is uh, part of the Memorial Day weekend. Besides, it's signaling the beginning of the summer. It's also uh, a day to, the, to salute our uh, veterans, people that are in all different theaters in this world protecting us. Uh, which actually should include and does include the border, even though it seems like the border is just uh, a porous area where people just pour through because they want to come into this country because it's the greatest country in the world. But um, so we want to all salute John. Um, John Malarkey, always looking out for our brothers and sisters. God protect them always. Uh Sergeant Melinda, to all those who lost their lives, protecting us on a daily uh, slow salute us, right? Phil Grimaldi, every cost up that I pass, always double check, make sure the cops are okay, no matter where I am. I know he's in Florida. I wonder if he's doing some cost ups down in Florida right now, Philly. You see you show up, they go, hey, what's Joe Pesci doing helping me on this cost up, you know? <laughs> but it's it's a... So, folks, I think I'm about to uh, sign off and say goodbye. Thank you so much for spending, you know, 34, 35 minutes with me on this uh, on this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and Phil Grimaldi, salute to all those that have their lives in our great military, 100%. 100%. I think that uh, we lose track of that. Richella, God bless our veterans for those who have gone before us. And those among us who are veterans, you know, I always like cops that were also veterans and then retired from the PD and served again as military contractors. Is that like Christopher Strom, Don Young? I mean, I had tears in my eyes when I was interviewing that guy. Unbelievable uh, police career and unbelievable military career. And Don, if you're listening, I salute you and I appreciate what you're doing for me and for everyone else. So, folks, without further ado, I'm Bill Cannon from Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. Thank you so much for listening and have a safe, happy, and healthy weekend. <laughs>